our message series to kick off 2023 is called I'm Blessed. And I want to start off this morning with a couple of questions. First question, and this is a hand raised question, is how many of you would say right now, I'm blessed? Would you raise your hand? Looks like pretty much everyone, if not everyone. Second question, why? Why? Why would you say that? What is the first reason that, that comes to your mind? Now, for me, right now, today, I would probably say, I'm blessed because of this. Five grandkids were with us a few weeks ago. We had these pictures taken, uh, all of them under four. Um, they are beautiful and smarter than any of your grandkids. And... Um, <laughs> But also today, on top of that, Dana and I are even more blessed because on uh, this Thursday, January the 5th, uh, Benjamin Emery Nolan showed up, and uh, he was born in Walnut Creek. Um, he weighed nine pounds and 12 ounces, and uh, all the men said, wow, and all the ladies said, ooh. <laughs> And uh, we got to meet him yesterday, and he, of course, is, is beautiful. So I'm blessed today. I am blessed today. Six grandbabies. Well, I was thinking about this week, and uh, I was just thinking about how, you know, wherever we are in life, we want to be blessed. And, and I think as a new year begins, we're thinking kind of even more about those sorts of things, this desire of God's blessing in our lives as we start this new chapter in the journey you know, of our, our, our path in this world. We, this desire for blessing is, is so very strong. But I was also thinking about how this desire for blessing is a concept, this idea that many, many people are confused about. Would you agree with me that the word Blessing is kind of a junk drawer word. You know, we just throw a lot of stuff into that. We use it in a whole lot of different ways. It, it pretty much, for example, shows up in all of our prayers. Like, I dare you to pray a prayer and not say bless at least once, right? I mean, pretty much we all do that. But we also use the word bless when someone sneezes. Like, what's up with that? You know, why do we do that? Uh, and, and we even have gotten to a place where we use it sarcastically. Maybe you understand this. You know, use it kind of in a backwards, ironic or negative way. We say things like, bless his heart. And of course, we mean nothing about anything to do with blessing when we say that, right? Or, or you know, maybe, I don't know, today I would just say, bless those Raider fans' hearts. Stuff like that. But the question is, what does it really mean to say, I'm blessed? You know, you might ask someone how they're doing when you leave the, after the service today and they would just say to you, I'm blessed. Well, what does that mean? Maybe you get a raise and you tell someone else, I'm blessed. Well, what does that mean? So I'm asking when you say, I'm blessed, what do you mean? Do you even know? I think most people instinctively realize that like it's a, a spiritual word. We, we think that being blessed must involve God in some way. But it's really interesting alongside of that how in, in recent years on Instagram, people have started using hashtag blessed. You notice this, right? 
A lot of us have probably done that. We've put hashtag blessed next to a picture. And actually, you could do this. You could check it out. I did it yesterday. If you do a a hashtag blessed search on Instagram right now, you would find over 145 million posts on Instagram with people who say they're hashtag blessed. And it's, it's actually become so popular that people have turned it around too and started using it in kind of a sarcastic way, you know, People will say stuff like, you know, I went to the DMV today and I got stuck in traffic. We had to stand in long lines. I spilled coffee on me. It soaked in my underwear. Hashtag blessed. You know, it's like really bad, bad day. Hashtag blessed. You go to Instagram, you see kind of the opposite. Here's some examples of hashtag blessed Instagram photos. There's the, the dude with the, you know, neon Lamborghini, hashtag blessed, and Next to him is like this old guy, but he's ripped. And so he's like, hashtag best. I'm old and I'm ripped. Deal with it, you know? And, and then there's the, the guy on the Greek islands vacation and you've got private jets and Rolex watches and, you know, waterfront mansions. All of those things are like hashtag blessed. And that's the way we talk you know, on social media about, about being blessed. And maybe you've noticed that most of the time when people do this, it's about something you possess or about some place that you have gone to. And it often becomes kind of a subtle way, an acceptable way, you know, to imply or suggest that somehow we're like better than or we have more than other people. Therefore, we're hashtag blessed. And I'm gonna say today, you know, of course, it's not wrong to have things. It's not wrong to go places. It's not wrong to enjoy your life. I mean, it feels good. And, and honestly, that's kind of one of the synonyms for, for blessing. Literally, you could take the biblical word for blessing in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word. It's the word barak. And, and it's almost this word that says something that is going up and to the right. But we have to be careful Because when we see blessing as just about possessions or prosperity or places we go, we can easily find ourselves in a place where we're thinking of blessing in a way that God doesn't think of blessing. And so maybe we ought to consider what God says about blessing, comparing that to hashtag blessed. And I do think we need to be honest with ourselves as Americans, as people who are in this culture. We live in a very materialistic culture. And even as Christians, it's so easy for us to be in associating blessing with stuff and things that are part of this world. Because the Bible tells us something different. When God talks about blessing, he focuses on something very, very different than that. And so we need, I think, as we start this series, to understand the blessing of God. And so we're gonna try to do that today. We're gonna look at a a few passages together. And the first one is in the very first book of the Bible. Uh, It's Genesis 12, verses one through three. So I encourage you to get there. Um, And as you do, you should know that this is one of the very key passages in the entire Bible. It is one of a handful of passages that impact and actually shape the entire storyline of the Bible. Judaism and Christianity, two world religions, are, are rooted in this very passage and the promise that comes with it. Now, if you're new to the Bible, 
Genesis is the very first book of the Bible. These verses that we're going to read are actually the introduction uh, to the beginning of the people of God, the nation of Israel. This is what it says. The Lord had said to Abram, and of course this is Abraham, his name's not been changed yet, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, here's the context. Abram is 75 years old. And the blessing that God is, is talking about is that he is going to make Abram into a, a, a great nation, a great people. But the problem is Abram doesn't have any kids yet. He's never had a kid. And so he's getting this promise from God even in his old age that God is going to give him a child and that he's gonna have descendants and his descendants over generations are gonna turn into lands and peoples and kingdoms. But time's not working for him in this equation, right? Um, because our son and daughter-in-law were having a baby, baby Benjamin, this week. For the last three nights, not this one, but the three nights before, we had Jack, our almost two-year-old grandson. And I was reminded, once again, of why God, in his wisdom, gives children to younger people than me. <laughs> I can't even imagine having a baby when I'm 75. And you just see the, the, the stark nature of this promise. It, it doesn't fit with what reality is about, but this is what God says. This is what he's going to do. I don't know if you notice in these verses there is a key word, and that word is bless or blessed. Did anybody count how many times it was used? It was used five different times. And I want to kind of give you, as I mentioned that, a principle that you can use whenever you're reading anywhere in the Bible, and it's this. What's most often repeated is most often the point. Let me say that again. What's most often repeated is most often the point. So we, we need to, to pay attention. You, you can think about it this way, guys. If your wife asked you to take out the trash five times, you're in really big trouble, Right? You should have paid attention. And if you haven't before, you better now because it's obviously something you, you need to hear. And, and that's how it is in the Bible. When something gets said over and over again, we've got to catch what this is all about. And God says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Well, what does that mean? God says, I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna be a blessing. And people who bless you, I'm gonna bless them. And, and then he says, you're gonna be a blessing to the whole earth. So this promise of blessing is about a community and it's the seminal community in all of the earth. It is the family that will become the source of blessing to all the families of the earth. It's this incredibly beautiful promise. So what's up with this blessing? What's going on with this blessing? What kind of, of blessing is being promised uh, here to Abraham? And, and what does this mean for you and for me today? Well, we're gonna see that this passage and this promise is carried throughout the Bible, and spoiler alert, it does matter to you and to me today. It, it touches our lives as well. And so is this blessing the same kind of blessing as hashtag blessing? I wanna point out to you four truths 
uh, four ways that the blessing, the Bible talks about the blessing of God is, is not the same as the hashtag blessing that we often hear about. Here's the first one. If you're taking notes on your app, uh, you can write this one down. The blessing of God is better than being hashtag blessed. The blessing of God is better than being hashtag blessed. Now, we all know this. On Instagram, hashtag blessed is, is like almost always about luxury or destination or wealth. It's about me and mine and what I have. And, you know, we look at that and it's fun and it's, it's really easy to, to find ourselves drawn in. We want to pursue those things. We want to have those things. We want to experience that kind of blessing. I mean, it looks so blessed. But God's blessing in the Bible is far, far better than any hashtag blessing. Now, Abraham's story shows us what blessing entails. It's not just in this passage. It, it helps us really to know the whole story, really actually even the whole storyline of the whole Bible to fully understand what this blessing entails. But we begin to see what it's about even in these verses. And what it's about is this. For Abraham, what he knows is that the invisible God has promised to be with him in his life all the time. God's gonna be with him. Now I want you to think about that for you. God is always with you. Abraham knows that God is also always at work that he's going to be working in Abraham's life. Even in those times when he can't see what God is doing, he is always at work because he is always going to be carrying out the promise that he has made to Abraham. He is always there, always working to do it. It's just like that song that we sung a few moments ago. Even when I can't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He, what? Never stops. He never stops working. This is, this is the promise that God is with him and that God is working in his life. And his promise is that he will have this generation of people who would come after him because of God's blessing that is on him. So if I sum that up, what is the heart of blessing? Well, it's that you have this special relationship with God. Sometimes it's referred to as you have the favor of the God of heaven, and that's what's promised to Abraham. Why? Because again and again, the Bible tells us that Abraham believed God, Genesis 15, and, and God credited it to him as righteousness. So righteousness means a, a right relationship, and you could also say it this way if you wanna know what a bless, blessing is. It is the right relationship with God. Now what comes with that right relationship with God? I wanna take you to another passage because as I said, we need to see how, how this works itself out uh, throughout the entire thread of scriptures. And if you go a few books past Genesis, you will get to the book of Numbers. And in the book of Numbers, God's people have now been established as a nation. So we see the unfolding of this promise that God makes in Genesis to Abraham. Moses is now leading the nation and Moses, by God's command, gives his brother Aaron, who's the, the chief priest, this command. And he, he tells him, whenever you gather at the temple for like a, a worship gathering, you are to say this blessing over the people of God. And before I read it, this is something we need to understand about blessing. 
And moms and dads, you need to hear this really well, that, that blessing is intended to be pronounced over people. Blessings need to be spoken. People need to hear blessing. They, they need to receive blessing. I want you to listen to how this blessing is pronounced. It's in Numbers chapter six, verses 22 to 27. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So this is how. Say to them, what do you say? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And then God says, so they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. So God wants his people to hear this. What what is he saying? Well, the Lord bless you and keep you. That means that you, God's people, will be guarded and you'll be protected by this God who is always with you in this special relationship you have with him. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Just think maybe, if you would, about a parent who, who is looking at a child playing This parent's face, what does it look like? They're looking at this child that they adore so much. This is what God says he does for you. He looks on you like that. You are favored in his eyes. Says be gracious to you. God's blessing gives us more than we would ever deserve. He he just lavishes goodness on us, his forgiveness, his love, his patience. The Lord turned his face towards you. This means he pays attention to you. He is watching you. You know what I know about every single one of us here in this room right now? We, we are all like that little boy or little girl who's jumping up and down and, and saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look, daddy, look, look, daddy. We're all like that. And God is saying here, I'm looking I'm watching you. My my face is shining towards you with with grace and with favor. And then he he concludes by saying he will give us peace. And this is this word shalom. And it's not just the absence of outside stress. It's this sense of inner wholeness. This sense of I am whole and I am complete. I am completely loved. And, And friends, this This is the heart of blessing. This is what blessing is, having this kind of relationship with God. And then in faith, we we become more and more in our lives, more and more convinced that all these things are true. And the more you believe this, the, the more it soaks into your soul, the more you like feel it in your bones, the more blessed you are the more your world is going up and to the right, regardless of what your bank account looks like, regardless of, of how people see you, regardless of your status in this world. And it's all because of this relationship with God. Now, this is the, the first idea. And, and you have to get this, that God's blessing is way, way better than any hashtag blessing. By the, re- by the way, one of the reasons that it's better uh, is, is this. Maybe you've noticed that anything anyone ever, ever posts on Instagram 
that's a good thing or a blessing, it goes away, right? Like even that neon Lamborghini, sorry, it's gonna rust one day. All our earthly blessings are temporary, but this relationship that we have with God, this blessing with, with the creator of the universe, it just gets better and it just gets better and it never ends, it never goes away. It's an eternal relationship. So just want you to think, I want you to ask yourself, do I, am I, am I living in this? Do I really believe this? Is this, is this a conviction that, that motivates my life and that kind of goes with me as I live my day that the blessing of God is better than being hashtag blessed? And be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Here's the second idea about understanding the blessing of God. It's this, we never deserve God's blessing. Good place for name in there, but we don't like to admit that sometimes. We, we never deserve God's blessing. And so when hashtag blessed is just something, you know, that someone's talking about, like their good luck or their good fortune, that is, that's really end up being divorced from this relationship with God that we're talking about. And so often in the worldly sense, when people, you know, have the hashtag blessing they're talking about and they're posting, there's kind of the humble brag thing that's, uh, that's assumed there. You know, I may use the word blessed, but what I'm really telling you is that, you know, look what I have and you should understand that I deserve this. That's really what's there. But if you go back to Genesis 12 and you look at, at, at Abraham, there is nothing in this text, nothing in this story that, that, that pictures Abraham as a deserving recipient. In fact, all we, we know about him at this point was that he was mentioned in Genesis 11 in a genealogy that doesn't really give us much information. And out of that context, God says something to him. In fact, you can go on later in the Bible, you're gonna find a place where it talks about Abraham's family before God called him. It says they were idol worshipers. So there's really nothing about Abraham that we know of that would cause God to to choose him and God comes to him and God speaks to him and he says, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave everything you have and everything you know and I want you to go somewhere that I'm not gonna tell you, not yet. I'm gonna show you as you walk with me and here's the blessing that you will receive, Abraham. And God lavishes this blessing on Abraham and it's all done in an undeserving way, so significant, it is so significant because the core teaching of our faith, the Christian faith, is that God lavishes his blessings on undeserving people. We actually see the seed of this teaching throughout the Old Testament with Abraham's descendants, with God's people, because they are given the law of God. And if you know the story, God gives the law and then God tells them, if you do this, if you keep this law, you will be blessed. And if you don't keep this law, he says, you will be cursed. And you keep reading in the Old Testament and you see God's people don't always obey the law, right? But they still receive blessing. How is that? How do they get blessing even when they are so often disobedient? And the answer is because their, their blessing was the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham that God made. Not that they obeyed God perfectly. In other words, they were blessed because of a connection to someone else. 
And that should sound familiar to anyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ because we get blessed, why? Because we have a connection to someone else and his name is Jesus, Jesus. You may not know this, but Abraham lived about 2,000 years before the coming of Jesus. But when Jesus comes, the Bible, the Bible sees their lives as connected. I'm gonna show you an example. This is in the book of Galatians. It's a letter Paul writes. It's in Galatians chapter three, verses 13 and 14. And this is what he says. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Christ? No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So what's going on here? Well, he says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. What's the curse of the law? The curse of the law is what we should all receive as people who disobey the law of God, people who miss the mark that God sets for us, people who sin against a holy God, like the God we were singing about a moment ago, people who live as if the creator of the universe, God, does not exist. And if you're wondering, if you're not sure, let me make it clear, that's all of us, every single one, Because of the curse of the law, we deserve punishment. But Paul says Christ redeemed us. That means he he paid the price for our sin. He's talking about Jesus' cross. Jesus dies on the cross, taking our punishment on the cross, suffering in our place, becoming a curse for us. Think about that for a moment. All our sin, all our darkness, all our darkest secrets, all of those things you are so ashamed of, everything in your life that you hope and you pray to God no one else ever finds out about. All our sin. You just put it all together. And all those those things in our lives, they can all be forgiven through what Jesus did on the cross. He, he comes and he pays the price for our sin and Paul says he, he, he pours out on us his Holy Spirit so that we can not only be forgiven but we can have new life, eternal life in Jesus. And So how does he describe this? What's the result of this? Well in verse 14, do you see it? He says, so that in Christ, the blessing of Abraham. Again, what's the blessing of Abraham? Well it's this special relationship with God that we today through Jesus can live in God's presence experiencing God's power knowing God's provision you know experiencing God's protection and and peace and purpose we get to live with that and in that that's a part of our lives that's the blessing of Abraham and Paul says here it is given to all the Gentiles that is to everyone else in the world, besides the people of God, in addition to the people of God. So in other words, what he's saying is that Jesus made the promise of Abraham not only available to the children of Israel, he made it available to all people. 
So you say, okay, I get that. How, how, how does that happen? You, surely I have to do something. And the answer is, yeah, you, you kind of do have to do something. That may shock some of you, but yeah, you do. You, you have to do something. Not, not to earn this, but you do have to do something. You have to receive this to receive this blessing. And we know this because the last two words in verse 14 are through faith. See, Abraham is known as the father of faith. Matter of fact, Genesis 12, this passage we've read is, is one of the great illustrations of faith. And, and here's how faith works. Faith is, faith is not like some general belief that things are gonna turn out okay. Like when people say, you just gotta have faith. That's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is always about what or who your faith in. It's about the object of your faith. And for Christians, it's always about Jesus. It's about what Jesus did. And so what we see with Abraham is this. God speaks to Abraham. Faith always begins with God. God initiates it. God speaks to Abraham and and God tells him, Abraham, I want you to go from here to there and I'll show you where there is later. And that's a hard assignment, right? Right? Someone comes and tells you, you gotta go on a journey. You gotta go somewhere. And you say, where? I'm not gonna tell you where. You just gotta go. Honestly, I'm pretty sure that I could invite any of you out to lunch. And if I don't tell you where we're going, you're not going with me. You know? You wanna know where we're gonna go. What are we gonna eat? So we, we have a hard time with this. But, but Abraham, we are told, trusted God. Genesis 15, 6, Abraham Believe God. And I want you to just think about this. It's so important you see this. Abraham believed that following God to a place he didn't know is better than staying in the place he did know without God. Do you believe that? Abraham did. He exercises faith and he, he lives out his belief in this, this present but invisible God. This is what it means to place your faith in Jesus. It's to know that God speaks, that he has spoken to you. And this happens in so many different ways. How, how did it happen for you? Maybe God spoke to you through a friend. Maybe, maybe in a moment like this in a church on a Sunday when someone's standing up and teaching the Bible, maybe you were just reading God's word. You opened the scriptures for yourself. Maybe it came out of a very difficult trial, problem, challenge in your life. But God spoke to you, and what God has said to you is that you matter so much to him. But he also says, you've sinned. You've got to repent and so God sends his son Jesus for all of us lawbreakers so that Jesus could redeem us from the curse of the law. And when we get that word, God says to us, now you place your faith in Jesus. You trust in him and you trust in him so much that even though you don't know where he's going to take you, you say, I'm going with you. I will follow you wherever you take me. See, I want you to get this. That if you understand blessing, you have to see that there is no more important idea, uh, uh, thing in your life that brings blessing than to place your faith in Jesus and to ask him to apply the work he did on the cross to bring you forgiveness, to give you his Holy Spirit, to help you to follow him all the days of your life. And you may not know what that means. 
Actually, you're never gonna know what it means fully. That's why you have to follow, and that's why you have to have faith. But when you place your faith in him and when you walk with him in this special relationship, knowing it's all by grace, that's when you experience the blessing. Now, here's the thing. I know some of you are thinking right now, like, that's it? You don't have anything more for us? Like, I thought this was gonna be like something really super exciting. If any thought remotely connected to what I just said has entered your mind, here's what you you need to know. You need to know you're not thinking about blessing in the way God thinks about blessing. I mean, let me just put it this way one more time. The greatest blessing of all is God. He is the blessing. And so if you want to be able to say with deep conviction and with rich joy overflowing out of the, you know, out of your heart and out of your life, if you want to be able to say I'm blessed, it is all about knowing God and trusting God and walking with God and letting God love you. Amen. Well, number three, God's blessing, and this is not as pleasant as the first two, okay? But uh, God's blessing doesn't mean uh, a pain-free life. And, and it's important to understand this, to understand the blessing of God. Uh, most of you probably have figured this out by now, but it's kind of a thing we struggle with. And even though you may be able to say this, like I, I get this or I agree with this, Let me just say this to you. If you ever find yourself when you're going through a hard time and you're saying to yourself in some way, I don't feel like I'm blessed by God, then somehow, some way, this has kind of smuggled into your thinking that blessing must mean I'm not hurting. Blessing must mean everything is going right. But that's not what the Bible teaches. God's blessing doesn't mean a a, a pain-free life. Let me go back to Instagram for a moment just to make sure we're all clear on this, right? Like, you know, don't you, that the pictures, most of them on Instagram are a lie. You understand people show you stuff to make you think stuff about them that's not usually fully true. Maybe some true. But just think about when you take a picture of yourself, you don't just stand there and take a picture, do you? You turn a certain way. If you're a certain gender, you do something with your knee. Like, why do you do that? You see all these people, they're always like, do you have a cramp? Um, They're always standing in pictures like this. And they're always going like this. You know? Why don't you just stand there? We can see who you are. Because we don't want the truth. Right? Right? So we put this other stuff out there. And this is one of the things that's just not true. Um, it's just not true that God's blessing is, is connected to not having pain. I just wanna keep saying this because I just want you to get it. Knowing God, that's the blessing. And while it is the, the great blessing, knowing God doesn't mean that God is gonna give you all the things of hashtag blessing all the vacations and all of the possessions and all of the comforts and all of the luxuries, kids that behave all the time, (laughs) you know? 
No traffic jams on the Altamont. That is just not the way it works. And in fact, if we as Christians think of blessing in this way and we tell other people that this is what it means to follow Jesus, we are not preaching the truth. You know, if you're, if you're telling other people about Jesus and you're using kind of the hashtag blessed message, you're giving the wrong message. And think of it like this. You know, if someone hears that and they say, I'm gonna follow Jesus because Jesus is gonna solve all my problems and Jesus is gonna take away all my pain. What happens when they have a problem? And they will. What happens when pain comes? And it does. Here's what happens. It happens so often. People walk away. And they walk away from Jesus and they will say things like, God didn't come through for me. God let me down. And the reality is they were believing in, in a truth. They were believing in a, a teaching that's not true. They were believing in something that the Bible never says, something that God never promises. You know, it's like I did the thing. I went to church. I, I read my Bible. I gave some money, but I'm not hashtag blessed. I'm hashtag cursed. And they walk away. Do you understand that you can lose your job and still be blessed? Do you understand that you can get a cancer diagnosis and still be blessed? I was thinking this week of a trip Dan and I made to India back in 2015, and, and I thought of this. You can live in a, a, a cardboard and plywood shack in Northeast India with your kids running around barefoot on dirt floors, and you can still be really, really blessed. It's true. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, do we believe that? Because, because our capacity to believe that that is true has everything to do with what you really believe the blessing is. See, is blessing like really the fact that you can know God and you can walk with God in his presence, you can sense his power in your life and you can know that he's your provider and your protector, know that he gives you peace, know that he just wants to lavish his purpose on your life. Is that what you believe? See, truly experiencing, let me put it this way, truly experiencing the blessing of God means that you know and you accept that God's blessing is enough. Is God's blessing enough? See, experiencing God's blessing and understand it means you have to stop believing the lies that Satan tells. The lies that he tells through our materialistic culture because it undermines our grasp of true blessing and again, I, I sort of mentioned this, but let me just say it out, outright. Whenever we think that blessing is all about abundance, whenever we get discouraged or we get angry because God hasn't given us some blessing we think we should have, that means we don't understand what the blessing is about. And it means we need to turn back to God so that we can experience true blessing, which is our relationship with him. All right, last thing, number four. God blesses you so you can bless others. In other words, it's not all about you. 
See, one of the common misunderstandings about blessing is that my blessings are for me and mine and not really for anybody else. I mean, you know, maybe you notice that, that that neon Lamborghini only had one passenger seat, right? That was a blessing not intended to share with anyone else, right? But when true blessing comes, it is always, always intended not for just me, but for other people. I, I love this. I heard it this week. Someone said that God's blessings are always served family style. Or if you have little kids, um, they come in shareables, <laughs> you know, shareable packages. I get to have some. And, and then I, I get to, to, to pass it on. I get to experience some of the goodness of God lavished on my life, but then I get to pass it on. That's God's plan for blessing. That's why in, in Genesis 12, the, those verses we read, the blessing we, we saw it came not just to Abraham, but it came through Abraham. In him, all the families of the earth are to be blessed. And so Abraham's children and their children, his descendants, the children of Israel, they're given this assignment to take the love of God to the world. That's a theme that a lot of people miss in the Old Testament, but God shows his people, the people of Israel, and he chose them so they could tell other people about how great and good he was. And we go to the New Testament, and Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit comes and the church is established and that's the assignment given to the people of God, the people of Jesus. It's our assignment to take this special relationship we have with God through his son Jesus, which is called the gospel, the good news, and we are to take it to the world. That's why God blesses us. Always when God blesses you, every time you think I'm blessed, you should also be thinking, how does God want me to take this blessing and pass it on to someone else. And I think we have this problem in America today. So many of our churches today where fewer and fewer uh, Christ followers understand that blessing that comes to them is meant to be given to someone else. I want you to think about it this way. How many of you are here today because someone at some time somewhere in your life shared the good news of Jesus with you. That's why ultimately you're here today. Would you raise your hand? Now, truth is, that should be everybody. Um, I showed you, you know, pictures earlier that we have six grandchildren now. And um, over the last less than four years, every time one of them has been born, I have found myself wishing that I could introduce them to my dad. But my dad passed away a few months before our first uh, grandchild, Charlie, was born. I remember I talked to him one time and he, he was struggling and I just told him, I, I hope you could stay here, dad, to meet Abby's baby. Because we knew it was a boy who was coming in a few months. And, and it, did, it didn't happen. But I was, I was thinking about that again this week. You know, yesterday when I went and I, I got the whole Benjamin for the, the, the very first time. And I, my mind went back um, to the fact that my dad grew up in a family um, that did not know faith in Jesus. But my mom's family did. And the story is that one day in 1956, my dad was 19 years old, 
my mom's dad, my grandfather, shared the gospel with my 19-year-old dad, and he accepted Christ. My, my grandfather passed that blessing on. And my parents got married, and they passed the blessing on to the four kids in my family as we were growing up. And then 37 years ago, Dana and I got married, and, and we passed it on to our four kids. And now our children are, are taking the blessing that they received, and they are passing it on and sharing it with their kids. And of course, you know, if you think about it, that's not even really the real beginning of my story of blessing because I don't know who it was. I had never heard the story, but someone told my grandfather way back, decades and decades ago, somewhere in the state of Iowa, about Jesus. And then someone told that person, pass on the blessing to them, and someone passed on the blessing to them. And it just goes on and, and on and, and on and on. So in my life, through my grandfather and then my dad and my mom and, and through Dana's dad and her mom, through, through them, my kids were blessed and now their kids are blessed. In other words, the families of Michael Nolan are being blessed. But of course, it's not just our kids. See, this is the power of this. I, I, I mean, when you, when you fully understand what it means to be blessed in terms of a relationship with God, his presence, his power, his purpose, his protection and provision and his peace, when you truly get that, then that's something you have to give to other people as well. Amen? So how's that working for you? When you're, when you're thinking about being blessed today as we've talked about this, where have your thoughts drifted? What are, what are the things that you want to experience as you think about blessing? Are they things that are oriented towards you or are they things that naturally orient out to other people through you? I, I, I was thinking this week, of course, because it's the first week of the new year. Um, I think probably lots of us have made New Year's resolutions, or if you don't do resolutions, you do goals, or you have a strategy, or you got some kind of thing you're doing. You bought an app. How many of you bought an app so you could have a better life in 2023? Something like that. Here's my question for you, and I have nothing against any of those things that I've mentioned, but here's my question. It's an honest question. You don't have to raise your hand, but here's my question. How many of those things that you've been planning to do and thinking about doing and resolving and whatever goal setting, how many of those things are in the end, honest with yourself now, they're all about me? Anybody make a resolution that's really about someone else and blessing them? And I think it connects into what we're saying here because as we naturally desire and it's right for us to desire the blessing of God, God always says, I want that blessing to flow to you and through you so that you can bless other people. You know, there's so much more in the Bible about what it means to be blessed and we're gonna explore some of that in the weeks that are ahead. But my hope and my prayer today is that we would get a grasp and a handle on the basics of what it means to be blessed by God. And so I wanna send you out now, understanding that the heart of blessing is that you have a God who loves you, a God who is with you, a God who will never leave you or forsake you, 
a God who does lavish his blessings on you. That's what it means to be blessed. And that is the word of the Lord for us today, Southwinds. And so all of God's people say, Amen. amen. Would you bow your heads as we pray? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the blessing of knowing you, that we, we can know you through salvation in Jesus, your son, Lord, and, and that that is the blessing of Abraham that was fulfilled when Jesus went to the cross for us and that has been received now for 20 centuries and that we have received, Lord, men and women all across this room have placed their faith in Jesus. And Lord, I, I wanna pray for those who haven't done that yet, maybe who don't know you yet, that you would grant them faith to believe in you even now, that you would open their hearts to see that Jesus is the way to life, that Jesus is the truth. He is the only hope that we have for forgiveness and peace and purpose and meaning. Jesus is the only one, Lord, who can give us true blessing, the blessings that we long for. Father God, I pray that if there's anyone here who has not known that yet, that they would turn to you now, Lord, and that they would say, God, I don't understand all of this, but I know that I want to know you. I know I want to trust you. And so I turn from my own way, Lord. I turn from my sin and I receive what you have done through your son, Jesus, for me. Lord, give me this blessing of knowing you. And Lord, I just pray for those of us who've already taken this step. Maybe we walk with you a short time, maybe a long time. I pray, Lord, that you would speak into our lives, our hearts right now that that you would show us how we can be a blessing to other people because you have loved us. Lord, help us to love other people well because you have served us. Help us to serve other people well, to pass on truth and life, the good news of Jesus and what, what you have done for us. Lord, you are so very good to us. We want to give you thanks. Lord, speak to our hearts right now direct our paths that we would walk with you and experience your blessing. We pray this now in the name of Jesus and for his sake and his glory and all God's people say.